You're listening to the Whitewater Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Whitewater is doing, you can go to whitewaterchurch.org slash give. Let's dive into this week's message together. Uh, Many Christians are awakening to realities that they hadn't been as keenly aware of. They're seeing disheartening realities more clearly than ever before. Things like lack of institutional accountability within churches, power grabs and power plays by churches and Christians, political tribalism, where Christian brothers and sisters separate based on political party lines, uh, deciding to choose uh, their party over their church family, seeing things like the rise of Christian nationalism, uh, abuses of power, sexual abuses, financial abuses, spiritual abuses, teachings that cause damage like Purity culture, which was a teaching about an ideal of dating and marriage and sexual purity that has left many confused and hurt. Other things like celebrity culture, the lifting up and idolizing of Christian pastors, speakers, and leaders as celebrities rather than servants. Many have also begun seeing the surprising blindness to cultural incompetency and racial disparities within the church, along with many other things. So, what are we to do? with these challenges? How should Christians respond to these tensions and corrosions? Do you see some of these tensions? Have you ever pondered over these types of things? Are we entering a post-Christian era? Can we trust churches and Christian leaders with these types of fractures of trust? And how are we to have a coherent faith in all of this? Can we have a coherent faith as Christians in all of this? If you've observed things like this and asked these types of questions, this series is for you. This is for people who've been on a journey of maybe deconstructing life and faith or or maybe reordering and reconstructing life and faith. Some have said this journey is a journey of construction, deconstruction, and reconstruction. Others have called it uh, the journey of order, disorder, and reorder. However you would frame it, Within any journey, especially one where you're, you're maybe pulling some things apart, it's, it's part of growing and maturing into a wiser faith. You know, deconstruction isn't the whole, but it's a part of a maturing journey. The important thing is to recognize that, that the deconstruction stage or the disorder stage of the journey has its strengths and its perils. You know, I would just affirm you, if you're, you're going through this stage or a friend's going through this stage of, of deconstruction, I would just affirm that, you know, discerning healthy from, from the unhealthy is really important. Owning your own faith, not just somebody else's faith or a family member's faith is really important. I would, I would affirm this. Appreciating what has come before, you know, learning from tradition is really important. And then growth and empathy and compassion for those who have been hurt by religion and poor leadership. These are all like good things to become aware of and to grow in. But with the stage of deconstruction comes a few challenges as well. A few of the challenges I see are being careful not to destroy the good aspects of our faith with the bad or leave behind the good with the bad. We want to bring the best forward. Sometimes an inability to hold tensions when we're going through deconstruction or an inability to suspend judgment rather than rushing to judgment in being hurt or kind of pulling apart the, what, we, what we see as unhealthy. And then also defining our faith by what we're against. That can happen in the deconstruction stage 
Another thing is mirroring toxic religion with anti-toxic religion, and that's not good. Another challenge that can happen is um, beginning to mirror toxic religion with toxic anti-religion, and that's not good either. Sometimes with a desire to provide help or to protect people, we can actually end up demonizing people made in the image of God that we disagree with, and we end up, again, mirroring toxic religion. Another major challenge while going through the deconstruction phase is building something that is maybe born out of reaction and anger and sometimes even hatred rather than building something out of love and compassion. How do we approach the the stage of deconstruction? How do we learn to build something beautiful on this journey? Here's a parable that might get us started for this conversation. It's called The Madman. A man inherited an old home by a beloved family member. It was a very old home and needed some restoration. As the man stood back and inspected the old home, he noticed what might have been an imperfection. And then he noticed another and another. So the man exchanged his framing hammer for a sledgehammer and his nails for a crowbar. And he began to pull apart everything that might be faulty. The man slowly pulled apart his whole house. Afterward, he began noticing the flaws in other people's homes. So he continued his project to help fix his neighbor's homes as he had his own. He was sure they'd be grateful. The man felt good for every piece he smashed and pulled apart and threw away. As he stood in the rubble, he smiled because he knew his destruction proved his wisdom. Now, this parable can be helpful if we allow it. Some of the meaning found in this parable is this. There are two primary issues in this parable, the issue of discernment and purpose. The builder sees imperfection in the house and begins to slowly define his purpose by imperfection and what's wrong. And so his purpose subtly changes from a restorer of the house to a destroyer of the house. Notice how he exchanges the tools of construction, a framing hammer and nails, maybe a drill, (laughs) for tools of deconstruction, a sledgehammer and a crowbar. Imperfection so consumed him that deconstruction and destruction became his purpose. He couldn't stop deconstructing his own home and others' homes. He had to keep on doing that. His mistaken belief was that his wisdom or intelligence was in the fact that he could see problems and destroy them and remove them. But what was he building? And does it make you smarter than everyone if you can only see the problems without a plan to build? The challenge of building our lives, families, churches, and institutions as a house, the challenge of building these on wisdom is being able to see the rotten things and the right things and to use the right tools for the right job, for the purpose of restoration, not just destruction. So how do we learn to use tools of construction and deconstruction for reconstruction? Because both tools are helpful as long as it's for the purpose of restoration. The purpose of this parable is to help us see that we need discernment so that we don't become ignorers or destroyers. Ignorers of the bad and broken or destroyers of the bad and broken and the beautiful. So how do we have the wisdom and discernment to build something beautiful and good? You know, Jesus has a a famous teaching to help his followers with this conundrum. 
Jesus said, everybody who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise builder who built a house on bedrock. The rain fell, the floods came, and then the wind blew and beat against that house. It didn't fall because it was firmly set on bedrock. But everybody who hears these words of mine and doesn't put them into practice will be like a fool who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the wind blew and beat against that house. It fell and was completely destroyed. Jesus' story is about a wise builder and a foolish builder. So let's make a few observations to help us on our journey of building a beautiful life together. The house built seems to represent the lives we build. The wise builder built his house on the rock, but the foolish man built his house on sand. In our day and age, I would add another character to the wise and foolish characters, the character of the madman. You could almost say there's a foolish builder, a mad builder, and a wise builder. The mad builder is the person who does the work of the storm, destroying their own house along with maybe any other house they can deconstruct. Notice Jesus said the wise man builds his house, not destroys his house. Wise builders don't want to do the work of the storm, unmitigated destruction. That's not what we're about. We want to build healthy families, churches, communities, and lives of love that last. It follows that wise builders build up people, build up communities, build up creation, and they don't destroy them. The foolish builder basically says, nothing's wrong, everything's good, and I have the wisdom to build my own uh, home. The madman or the mad builder says, all is lost and destruction is my wisdom. And the wise man says, I'm unsure of what's good and bad. Whose voice will I listen to? However you look at this parable, one of the key points by Jesus is to say the house or life you build is determined by the voice you listen to. Both the wise and the foolish builders listen to Jesus' voice. Only one puts his words into practice. Our foundations we build, or the voice we listen to, will be revealed in the storm and the trials that we face. And our actions reveal our wisdom, our folly, and the voices that we listen to. So one thing I want to encourage you is don't just get stuck in deconstruction on the journey. Recognize that's a part of it, but don't get stuck there. Deconstruction without reconstruction is just mirroring the religion of the Pharisees without calling it religion. We feel and act justified and superior and righteous, just like the religious Pharisees felt about the religion they were building. A good reminder to burst our balloon of pride is to remember that there is nothing inherently smarter or better or wiser about doubting everything. It's a helpful tool, but it, it doesn't make us smarter than everybody. Wisdom is found in wise decisions and actions, however we get there. If walking the path of doubt leads to ruin, can you really say that it was a better path? As Dallas Willard noted, any person can say why. <laughs> doubt is just an anti-belief, a belief against another belief. If it's wise to doubt and test your beliefs, wouldn't it also be wise to doubt and test your anti-beliefs too, to doubt your doubts? Doubt and skepticism are always trying to see through and tear down bad construction in our world, which is good and helpful in its place. 
but be careful you don't start seeing everything as bad construction. You won't be able to stop tearing the good and beautiful down along with the bad, just like the madman in our parable. C.S. Lewis was an atheist who had deconstructed Christian faith completely out of his life until he deconstructed his own atheism out of his life and converted himself into a follower of Jesus. Lewis wrote a wise warning to the person who only has the eyes and tools of a deconstructionist, which was him at one point. He says this, you cannot go on seeing through things forever. The whole point of seeing through something is to see something through it. It is good that the window should be transparent because the street or garden beyond it is opaque. But what if you saw through the garden too? If you see through everything, then everything is transparent. But a wholly transparent world is an invisible world. To see through all things is the same as not to see. Imagine showing up to a job site uh, and your new job is, is building a house. And you show up to build a home, but you only have a sledgehammer and a crowbar. The foreman's not going to be too excited yeah, because demo is only part of the rebuilding process. A home with no scrutiny can and will have faulty, unsound construction, and that's not good. As much as untrue beliefs without any testing can lead to deception and ruin, doubt that's unmitigated can be its own form of deception and destruction. But use it as a tool for that purpose. Using it beyond that, well, skepticism will deconstruct your whole life to the point of rubble and destruction. And that can bleed into other people's lives that you love. You become like the madman who destroyed his home because it might be faulty. And remember, the madman felt smart for every piece he pulled apart and threw away. As he stood in the rubble that used to be his home, he knew his destruction proved his wisdom. But is that really wise? Skepticism is a helpful tool, but not a home, nor is it a foundation for life. How does Jesus instruct the builders to build well on a rock-solid foundation? By listening to Jesus' voice, the voice of wisdom. That's what we want to build our house on. Everybody who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise builder who built his house on bedrock. It's amazing that many people look beyond Jesus' words, his ways, his actions, without ever practicing and seeing if they're good and true in their own life. We look at bad examples or negative realities of you know, Christians, Christianity churches. It's really easy to kind of see the flaws for sure. When we look at that stuff, we sometimes even look or try to look at Jesus' actual teachings and try those teachings on for ourselves. One could say that most problems with Christianity come not from taking Jesus' words in a way too seriously, but actually, the problem is from not taking his words seriously enough. And the ironic thing is that most of the bad examples of Christianity used to condemn Christian behavior, poor um, maybe church and institutional behavior and ethics, most of the standards used to make those judgments are actually based on the spiritual and ethical teachings of Jesus. So in a way, when people condemn examples of maybe Christianity gone wrong, they're actually agreeing and aligning with Jesus' actual teachings. So how do we center on Jesus' words and ways? Jesus lived in a topsy-turvy time with lots of politics and leadership and religion that's gone, that had gone wrong. So how did Jesus approach the corrupt and the warped areas of human life and religion? 
Where did he put his focus, his energy, his life? Well, first, Jesus had a clear purpose. Jesus himself said, I came so that they could have life. He didn't come to destroy things. He didn't come to burn it all down. He didn't come to ignore it. He didn't come to condemn. He came that humans could have life. Jesus came to fulfill what falls short in our world. Where religion destroys, Jesus generates and regenerates. When you examine it closely, Christianity defines religion much more broadly than many people realize. Um, bad religion is any belief or set of beliefs that builds systems that destroy human flourishing as God intended it. Any system or institution uh, is religious or you know, bad form of religion when it points its purpose to something other than God and ultimately destroys the flourishing shalom or peace of God. Religion destroys. And Jesus didn't come to destroy religion. That would actually be mirroring the same destructive pattern of religion and just recycling it. Nope. Jesus came to cultivate God's gifts and to challenge God's gifts gone wrong. God's blessing is in the brokenness. And Jesus came to really begin the renewal of all things. He said, I came so that they could have life. John 10, 10. A clear image of this is the cross where the love and goodness of God met the world's ugliness and injustice. Through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, God overcame evil with good, bad religion, politics, and leadership with goodness and love. I want to give us an opportunity to pray a prayer of building something beautiful with our lives and with our faith, asking Jesus to, to help us in the building of something beautiful. Would you just pray this prayer with me right now? Heavenly Father, Thank you for creating such a beautiful world. Although our world is broken, you know, you are restoring it. Jesus, help us to listen to your voice so that we can build something beautiful and good that doesn't fade. Tune our ears and train our eyes for your kingdom. Help us to see the things you want us to do and to become the people you want us to be. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you've been enjoying or at least engaging with our new series called Make It Beautiful. Hopefully some of the parables we've been talking through have been helpful and even some of the frameworks of the journey of construction, deconstruction, and then reconstruction or going through times of order, disorder, and then reorder in our faith and life. This teaching focuses on discerning the voice of Jesus to help us build our lives well. Next week, we're gonna be focusing on learning from Jesus how to use both the tools of construction and deconstruction for the purpose of building a beautiful and good life together. Now, here's the parable for next week. This is called The Enemy. A man lived in a house by himself. One night, his neighbor heard yelling, smashing, and screaming coming from the second floor. And so the neighbor called the landlord. Now, when the landlord got to the house, they found the man beat up and a little disheveled. Who did this to you? They asked. My enemy did this to me, said the man. The landlord asked again, well, where is your enemy? To this, the man said, follow me and I'll take you to the enemy who did this to me. He followed the man upstairs and at the end of a long hallway, he opened up a lonely door. As the door opened and the light turned on, 
All the landlord saw was an empty room with a large mirror on the wall. As you think about that, message us, let us know what you think the meaning of that parable is. Love you so much. Have a good week. Thanks again for listening with us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Whitewater Church, reach out at info at whitewaterchurch.org or click contact in our show notes. And if you'd like to get involved in what Whitewater's doing to bless our communities, you can go to whitewaterchurch.org slash give. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.